0: Just put my football analyst hat on. They don't have as much ability to switch things around like Arsenal do with Black Senius. They can try different formations. Don't think United White have that. They don't have the personnel to do that. Subscribe to the OTB Koyig Pod on the OTB Sports app now.
1: OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your
2: flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're turning back to football. Are Liverpool back? That's the question after a 2-1 home win last night against Ajax. Mark Lawrence, good morning to you. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. Obviously, a little bit of relief as much as anything.
2: Yeah, what's the relief? What, what's the nature of the relief? Is it about the returning players
1: from injury, the quality of the
2: performance, the results, a bit of all three?
1: Results. Because if you, know, if you think about it, if we draw one point from two games wouldn't be good, wouldn't be healthy. So, just the fact they got the game over the line and got the points as much as anything, performance was better. But then, you know, it needed to be a lot, lot better, didn't it? And I think you could see by uh, Klopp's reaction at the end of the game as well, you know, it wasn't the old beating of the chest, running to the cop. It was just one of utter relief and... Live to fight another day, basically.
2: We've been talking about the problems that Liverpool have uh, day in, day out now, basically since the start of the season, and yeah, they they did seem like on the whole, if you were to take them all together, fairly insurmountable. The the energy's gone, the control of midfield is gone, the defence is in trouble. The only one who was actually playing quite well was Allison. Was was the general consensus? And then last night, you add in Jota's energy, you add in Thiago's control. And Joel Matip comes back, and it's like, well, actually, all of a sudden, all those problems seem to be disappearing quite quickly.
1: Yeah, they're not disappeared, have they? But they have certainly they've minimised the problems most definitely. I mean, Matip has always been for me the best the best player to play alongside Van Dijk because um, Matip is very much a player who kind of plays for himself, and I don't mean that in any other way. It's just that he has to concentrate on himself to get the performance. So you know, he doesn't, he can't worry about the centre back playing alongside him with which is Van Dijk Tiago. you know what I think I do think he's brilliant so you know you look around the dressing room last night before you come out to play and you look in Matip's there Thiago's back Jota with his energy and his ability to ghost into space and score goals and all of a sudden they looked a better team but you know it's, it's progress but that's why Klopp I think reacted the way he did at the end of the game which was yes boys three points but you know
0: what we need to up the level of intensity most definitely it's hard for it's hardly groundbreaking, Mark, for us to to dwell on on how big an impact Thiago has when he's in that team. And spoke about the white boots earlier as well. He just looked the part. I don't know if you were a white boots man back in your day, but he he, no. he controls he controls the game and he allows for the likes of Fabinho, for example, a little bit more freedom. He he makes the players around him look and play better.
1: Well, I think it's one of those. You know, when you play with an outstanding player you're you looking all the time to try and help him because you know if, if it's possible at all, he'll get the ball to you. That, that's the most important thing, especially if you, you know, you're know you one of the front three. You look up and see Thiago's got the ball and you start your movement because you think, you know, he's, he's going to find me. Um, and he, he makes such a difference. It's just, it's now a matter of trying to keep him fit because without him, we, we lack, well, we lack so many different things, but we lack the fact that, you know, he creates opportunities um, he makes the game look easy as well. He gives you he gives you the ball where you want it, not where he wants to pass to you. So it's a big difference. And just on the white boots, I think the first two, weren't it they, weren't they Tommy Smith and Alan Ball? Um, Tommy, obviously, Liverpool and Alan Ball at Everton, I think you'll find. So way before my time, gents.
2: Uh, and did Tommy Smith get kicked in the air a lot for wearing white boots?
1: I would say never.
2: Because <laughs> they were too afraid of getting kicked back. <laughs>
1: They've probably already been
2: kicked between, before they even thought about it. Don't worry about that. Uh, the the, the Jota, um being back in the team is, is important and really interesting. Um, it's a terrible comparison, but he reminds me a bit of Dennis Irwin in that Like you always know he is going to play at the exact level that he's capable of, and he's always yeah. going to be dependable, and that's a very, very high level. So if you stick that back in the team, and particularly the relationship that he, he's had with, with Salah, It's like Salah just felt a bit more comfortable last night because he's looking up and he's like, oh, I know you. I, I, yeah. I know what you're going to do here.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's, a, he's a really good player. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's just the other thing, you'll get your goal, which is important because he's in, in the front three. He goes into positions in the box. He's, he's extremely good in the air for a man with, you know, obviously I don't even think he's, what is it, about 5'10", something like that. So maybe not even that. And he's, he's as you say, I mean, if you get... If you get 10 outfield players, seven and a half, eight out of 10, with the quality that Liverpool have, they'll win the majority of the games. It, it really is that simple and I, I'm never a big stats person, but it, it's got to be because if they're all getting seven or eight with the ability that they've got, then they're, you know they're outstanding players, and that makes them, therefore an outstanding team
2: Club. Talk specifically about how they were not as compact this year as they have been in previous years and you know everybody's been pointing to the fact that they've been running far less than their opponents Mm. um what what, which is first the chicken and the egg like is the the team not compact because they're not running are the team not running because they're not compact and everybody's doing their own thing
1: i just don't think they're working as hard as 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 they did last season or, or or in all the seasons underneath him um and you know, I think they miss from that regard, obviously they miss Henderson, who I, mean, I don't know what his stats are, but he seems to cover every blade of grass. Um so yeah, it's just it's you know, it's it's at that level, it's like five percent difference, and that five percent difference is either good or bad, depending which way it is. So, um, look, he's now got I think first of October Brighton at home is, is the next game. Um, so he's got time for the in terms of most of the other injured players to try and get back. Also the ones who just got back in the team to kind of uh, up their running stats and training, etc. So it'll it feel so much better because you know he's now got a little bit of uh, breathing space in which to, you know, to try and improve the team in in terms of obviously chasing the opposition down and making it more difficult. I mean. Um, I thought they should have all played last Saturday, to be honest with you, which, you know, we all understand what happened. But um, why, the, why the Premier League didn't say, OK, you know, day of morning, Friday, and then obviously at the games on the Saturday, um, you know, God save the Queen, all those kind of things, everything, and black armbands. And, and you know what? I think crowds would have been fantastic. But anyway, that's gone. So um, that's, that's going to cause a problem further down the line though, of course, because this weekend they don't play again because there's not enough police apparently to go to Stamford Bridge and look after the crowd. So um, you, do, you do worry because Klopp hates it. He hates that fixture congestion. Um, with fixture congestion, you know every three games played comes injuries. And we know that the problem is at the moment they're in the predicament, if you want to call it a predicament of that, because they've had all these injuries.
0: It's funny, Mark. He, he's obviously not afraid to call players where needed. Jurgen Klopp and I think he, he referenced after the Napoli defeat that maybe eight players of the eleven weren't up to scratch. Um, yeah. And lucky he wasn't afraid to drop James Miller Darwin Nunez as well. La, uh, didn't start again last night. Uh, like, rightly so from your perspective, Per Nunez yeah. sitting on the bench. But he probably needs a little bit of game time. He's not going to get that, as you said, in the next couple of weeks. But he needs a bit of confidence. Yeah, he does. But
1: I mean, he's 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 not helped himself by getting sent off, did he? against Palace, so um, obviously if he hadn't, he would probably have been starting most of the game. So it's one of those, and, he, and he's a new player who's getting used to everybody in the language and all, and all those kind of things. But at the moment, he probably wouldn't be in the starting eleven. but no one's particularly worried because everybody realises that he is, a, he is a class act and eventually will we'll come through. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with calling players out. Players know themselves, and I, I think what he's got... Jurgen Klopp. He's got a very, very honest bunch. Don't get carried away when they when they win. Um, you know, even titles, etc. Don't get carried away when they lose. But they're all good, honest players. He's got a really, really good dressing room. So in calling them out, they they, they will have known that was coming. And I, I wouldn't mind betting. And I don't know, but I wouldn't mind betting when most of them came through the door in Naples. You know, they walked into the dressing room. And they would have just gone, held the hands up, and gone, sorry. Not at it tonight. Whatever you want to say, and you know what, from a manager's point of view, it's great because it's it's doing his job for him.
2: He did say that there've been four or five days of uh, intense truth telling in the aftermath of the. the...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what truth telling means, don't you? You, you, you might even take them all out one by one and giving them the ba- bank for Shannon and everything. But look, it, it is whatever it, it needs to be. I mean. I remember in, in, in my day at Liverpool, when, uh, when Joe Fagan was assistant manager and we'd had a really bad run, and he just walked into the dressing room and Joe Fagan spoke very, very softly, very, very softly. And he had to almost like cradle into him to listen to what he said to you. But on this particular day, he went absolutely berserk at us. Absolutely. That dressing room with Dalglish and Rush and Hansen and... Sunes, and all those kind of people. He went berserk, but do you know the really clever thing that he did? He just said, some people in this dressing room just aren't doing it. And of course, you sit there, and I'm thinking, does he mean me? And then all the other players are obviously sitting there thinking, does he mean me? And, and you know, you can't do that on a regular basis, but occasionally, occasionally, you've got to give it to people, and um, he's probably giving it to people, but in a more up-to-date way than Joe would have done shall we say
0: it's, it, the, the, the pressure like, and the criticism that has come onto these Liverpool players over recent weeks Mark like Virgil van Dijk when he was standing beside Matip after the game last night in the post-match, post-match interview referenced some of the abuse that he's been getting and, and maybe some of the criticism as well mm. and, and van Dijk look he has to hold his hands up he hasn't performed to the level yeah, which yeah. Liverpool fans know but, but, but clearly the players are listening and, and uh, are hearing that criticism
1: yeah, well, also, I don't you know? Never, never ever tell me that players don't read papers and players don't go and I don't know what's Instagram or Twitter and all that. They do. They absolutely totally do. And look, you know, the the, the people who go on Twitter and, and slaughter Van Dyke basically noties. Um Yes, he's not. Yes, he's not playing well. He knows he's not playing well. But you know, what, what? Why, why should they go on there? They, you know, that they've never played at any level of any. Any particular brand of football? If they, if they would all played in European cups and all those kind of things and one leagues on a regular basis, and it was somebody you know with with it like that kind of uh, standing, you'd, you'd ask yourself, hmm, fair enough. But you know anyway, you know he knows he's not playing well. He knows he's like, he, he messed up at Old Trafford. He knows he messed up at one of the other games. So, um, but you, thing with football, you cannot be. Absolutely outstanding every single week. And occasionally, your form drops off. The problem with Liverpool is, for quite a lot of them, their form has dropped off. And that's basically why they are and where they are in terms of the league and obviously the Champions League at the moment.
2: Uh, Is the form dropping off connected to the fact that the players are tired of Klopp, that um, the seven-year itch keeps getting mentioned? uh, Are you you buying into any of that, that his voice...
1: No, I'm not having any of that because the fellow's the fellow's brilliant, absolutely, totally brilliant. And I've seen him in training, and I have seen what he's like with all the players. And he's, you know, what the best description I've ever heard about him is: is your mate, but he's not your best mate, which I think's, you know, very, very good. Now, there's there's none of that. But, you know, the thing about Liverpool as well is you also, as everybody knows, you you play for the club. Not just a manager; you play for the club, and that's so important. And that's what you get reminded about by supporters, rather than anything else. You know, it's, it's their football club, and they don't they don't mind. You know, we had, if you remember, we uh, Alan Kennedy who scored loads of goals in finals, etc. Wouldn't have been one of the better players in our team, but you know what? Week in, week out, he gave absolutely everything that he had, and and the supporters just like when fine, you, you, you know, maybe you're not, you know, a top-class player, but if you do that every single week, they'll buy into it. But, look, the players know themselves. They'll have had a meeting themselves, most most definitely as well. And I wouldn't mind, but this is one of those really good times when, you know, maybe Henderson or somebody, if possible, say to them, come on, boys, let's go and have a lunch. You know, let's go and have a lunch. They don't really drink, so you know, but let's get everybody together and just be all together and have a little chat. And, you know, you eventually, you get in there and, and the mood changes a little bit and people start taking the mickey out. of You know, that ball you played last week and all those kind of things. And, you know, it's, it's all part of it. The manager cannot do it all the time, which is why, I mean, he always references the fact that his dressing room is really, really strong, but also really, really honest. So, you know, your, your Milners and your Hendersons and, and Van Dyke run it. Um, and, you know, they're no shrinking violets, but at the same time, you know, they'll put their hands up and say, you know, you know what, I'm all over the place at the moment. So the honesty is the best thing about it. And people also, I think when you've got really good players and honest players, they help other players to get through the ruts, if that's what you want to call it
2: the we were- UEFA stats sorry from last night um, I, I you know we, we're talking about this uh, the Man United game Man United outran them and they ran some 90 something kilometres in the game mm-hmm. last night UEFA tell us this morning they ran 118 so it's like basically 25% extra nearly 20% extra running stats i don't know how important the running stats are i guess it speaks to intensity it's a very simple metric to go oh, it, you know sometimes people are running stupidly just to yeah. just to influence the gps but yeah. it certainly <laughs> yeah. it certainly seems like they they have upped their intensity a bit and maybe that's just having a bit more youth in the team maybe having jada and yeah. uh, and tiago allows fabinho to do a bit more you know these it is a compendium of different factors but certainly, I think Liverpool fans are feeling much better about life this morning than they have been.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that first and foremost, that's the result, isn't it? So, if you're coming at 1-1, it would have been, oh, here we go again. So, the result's most important. And you're absolutely right about about the stats. And, and there, are, there are some cute footballers who just kind of run around a little bit more, but nowhere near the ball just to get their stats up. and. Well, I don't suppose what the stats tell you is you know where's he running to, what running from, or all those kind of things. But it would appear, obviously, that they've up their side of their running game, and and if they have, with the quality that they have, then they'll just start to be, start to zoom up the league, won't they?
0: We spoke about uh, Trent Alexander Arnold at the top of the show this morning, Mark, and, and like mm-hmm. whether he, was, he maybe should have either cut the ball out or tracked the runner for the, for the Ajax goal, and he can be caught ball-watching sometimes when he's, when he's playing as well. Like, Is he one of those players that these truths would have been spoken to over the last week or two?
1: Yeah, he will. But but the bottom line with him is is what he gives you going forward, you know, and then you have to sacrifice sometimes the fact that he, he makes the odd mistakes. And the odd mistake he's made is made lately has cost a goal, so he'll be aware of it. Um, you know, Klopp will be aware of it, etc. But do you do you take away lots, some of that going forward and creating goals for the, for the forwards or forever in the team? Do, do you say right, hold rein that back a little bit and be a bit little bit more defensive? I think Klopp just realizes he's just well not realizes he knows that you know. He's far, far better when he's running forward and playing and picking his head up and p- picking out passes, etc. And he's not the best defensively. If he was, he might be one of the best players in the world.
0: But should they change his position? Like, Is there any way to kind of adapt to his defensive frailties in, in, over the last number of weeks and kind of play him, play him in a more forward role?
1: No, no. We've had this discussion loads of times and people say, play him in midfield. It's completely different. Because when you play in midfield, a lot of the time you you kind of side onto the game. You're not you're not looking at the game, you know, dead straight on, which is what he does. I mean, he's, he's a, an outstanding fullback in terms of going for it; absolutely brilliant, and he has been since the first day he came into the team. They, they will work on him in training defensively, but you know, it's 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 one of those. Sometimes you have to accept a player for for what he is, and then maybe. I think defensively he's always better when Henderson's played. Um, you know, because Henderson realises when when, when um, Trent goes forward, he just he just sits in. He just sits in for him. Even though, you know, he sits in but he's in the other half and he's capable of getting back if, if there's a problem. And the, the other thing as well would be that teams have worked out that, you know, you, you ping that ball, that diagonal ball into the area where he's left and, you know, one of your forwards is onto it and you get a little bit of, of joy from it. But, look um, they're not going to change him and they just they, they will work on him defensively uh, and well they work on everybody defensively as a, as a team and, a, and the shape and everything but they've just got to sometimes accept the fact that as brilliant he is, as he is going forward and being creative and even scoring on a regular basis he occasionally makes mistakes at right back and that's where the team's in
2: with the international break coming up uh, Henderson's injury probably means he won't be in the England squad and it looks unlikely that um, uh, Trent is going to be in the England squad so they actually get plenty of time over the next month to work on him and kind of iron a bit of that out and off the back of this victory there's a a confidence and so you you think that um, I don't know it does feel like they're Back a little bit, and and while he's going to be annoyed about the uh, run of fixtures that they have at the end of the season, if they're in form at the end of the season, those fixtures will feel you know relatively straightforward to them.
1: Well, and also, you know, because and we spoke about this before is that you know they kind of end the season to the start of this season was really really short. And, you know, he, he runs his players extremely hard in, in, in pre-season because, you know, everything they do there is geared up to, to play 45, 50, 60, 60-odd 60 games, whatever, throughout the season. So he's now going to have a chance with quite a few of them and maybe building up, you know, the running stats that you've just been talking about. So the ones that obviously don't play in international football. So he'll be pleased about that. But it's like anything, on one hand you get, you know, that's great. And then the other hand you get probably... Maybe a couple of them might come back from international duty, uh, wherever they are in the world, and and have a couple of knocks. But um, that's the same for everybody, I'm afraid. So, um, I think where we be disappointed is no game at the weekend, you know, to build on last night. You know, like, come on then boys, you know. And Chelsea would be a really good game for them to have had straight away. New manager for Chelsea, etc. cetera. Great expectancy, yeah, but not playing particularly well and it it would have been a great game for Liverpool because it's just come on boys you know, see what we did in in midweek Mm. let's go again and and generally they've had some really good results down at Stamford Bridge but it is it is it is what it is Um, he just now knows unless it's in training no one's going to get injured before I think Brighton 1st of October is their next is their next uh, Premier League game which is which is mad when you look at what's going to happen in November
0: yeah just a, a last one on the match for me, Mark. Costas uh, Simikas is, is a man who a lot of people were impressed by last night. A bit of a creative masterclass in some ways, not to overstate mm-hmm. it. But uh, like Andy Robertson's injury um, is something that he will be looking to capitalise on. But he's given Klopp something to think about after last night's performance, has he? Oh,
1: I think before then. Klopp, Klopp uh, they all know he's a really good player. And occasionally they've left Andy Robertson out for, for him to play. Listen, he's two-footed you know, he can, he can actually play at right back. So, and I, and, I, and I bet he's making that threat known to Trent that, you know, don't worry about me just being a, a fill-in for Robertson. I might be the, the, the fellow who takes over from you. Um, and I know that he, they love him. He's just one of those mad lads that everybody, you know, he's always doing something daft and all those, but he he just, he just wants to play. And the more games he gets, the better he will get. So... Yeah, the, the, there is the possibility they could play him at, at right back. To be honest with you, and the, the young kid they signed, well, from Scotland, I can, whose name I can't remember at the moment. But you know, they, they think he's going to be a player, but obviously it's, it's a little bit too early for him yet.
2: Ramsey, that guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, not not Sir Alf, but Ramsey.
2: Last one for you. Todd Bowley did a, a, a conference in New oh, York.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> I know. What an idiot! <laughs> what what are they like the Americans? What they just they always want they always seriously want to change things and it's he, he wants another game North versus South. What planet are these fellas on? I, I really really don't get it get it because I think the thing with, with these guys as well they come in and take over the club and you know yeah they do it whatever the way but they, now they realise that they've got a voice they've got a, you know an even bigger voice than. they arguably had in, in their own country. And, that you know, people will, in, in Britain will, will listen to them because they own, you know, Chelsea Football Club or whatever. But oh, honestly, absolutely, totally makes me laugh. It's going to be interesting what happens at Chelsea. Um, you know, I hope I hope the manager does it extremely well. Um, you know, I had four years at Brighton and still got a lot of friends down there. And he said he's, he's, he's he comes over on, on TV and you think he's just, you know, a nice, soft man. And they say he is, but you know, behind that, obviously, like any successful person, um, there's there's a kind of ring of steel, from want of a better description. But it's 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 interesting to see what what Chelsea will do. Um, can he get Aubameyang to play? Which obviously they thought that Tuchel would have, was going to. So interesting
0: I don't know I, I'm not buying it I, I can see Mark you lining out against uh, for, alongside your, your friends at Everton and Manchester United and Manchester City against uh, against all the London boys in an all-star game those soft southerners I'll tell you
1: what I'll give you a million quid if you ever seen that happen <laughs> and by, by the way where are we going to play it in the Midlands Aston Villa so none of their players will be playing exactly
2: I mean, yeah they're not good enough yeah maybe it could no, be a, a quadrangular yeah. tournament you could have the North East versus the Midlands and it could be six games oh, and they could make get,
1: let, yeah let's get the Isle of Wight involved in Jersey and Guernsey and all those boys and, and the city the yet, city of you? Glasgow
2: could be Celtic and Rangers playing together
1: fighting, fighting each other on the pitch brilliant <laughs> what a good idea
2: <laughs> mm. Mark good stuff great to have you with us thanks a million
1: pleasure OTB
2: AM with Gillette